It's a stormy Friday morning. You can hear the thunder echoing and the rain falling down. Looks like it's almost nighttime outside. It's kind of crazy. Um, today, going to talk a little bit about um, tolerating your emotions because that's a big thing that needs to happen. It really keeps couples from being able to talk to each other. It keeps parents from being able to parent very well, and it, it causes a lot of problems. So what is tolerating your emotions? Tolerating your emotions is being able to sit with those uncomfortable emotions that you might have, like sadness, embarrassment, um, worthlessness, frustration, uh, things like that that we generally don't like to feel to be able to sit with them and experience them without having a visceral reaction toward them. And when I mean visceral, like an anxious reaction toward it or a reaction of anger toward it. Because when we feel an emotion like embarrassment and then we also have anxiety, then we're gonna be experiencing both of those, the embarrassment and the anxiety, and when we do that, it lasts for hours, or it could last for days, um, and our mind starts racing, and we start blaming others, and we start having this feeling of immediacy where we need to solve it right away, and it's just being able to sit in the uncomfortable emotion and being okay with that. So how that looks like by yourself is when you're going along and you remember something that you may have done or you think of a mistake you did or you remember something that your spouse said to you when you felt embarrassed or sad or um, depressed or, or, you know, um, something negative, an emotion that you don't like. It's just not freaking out about it and it's just experiencing it. And maybe you got to be away by yourself. Uh, people tend to like try to avoid it. They block it off by turning on music, turning on videos, um, anything to drown out the sound. And usually what happens is it just plays in the back of your head. You're not really drowning it out. It's still there. It's still there in the back of your head. And it's just lasting for a long time. So if you're doing it by yourself, you would just... You would just sit to yourself for a minute and embrace that emotion and just feel it. And if you do that, it doesn't last long. It goes away in a few minutes, especially if you stay calm. You can feel a bad emotion. You can feel embarrassment or worthlessness or a mis mistaken whatever emotion you feel. You can feel that in a calm way. Um, you don't have to be anxious when you feel it. And then it just doesn't last long. It drifts away really quick. Sometimes when you don't know what's going on, when it's all discombobulated in your mind, you know, you can be by yourself and organize your thoughts. You can create a spreadsheet and organize it, which is fine. You can journal it out. You can talk to somebody and organize it. You don't want to talk to somebody in a frantic way in hopes that you're going to dump your anxiety on them because that doesn't help. But if you need to talk to organize your thoughts, that's a good idea.
So being alone with your thoughts and your emotions and not being scared of them can make it go away pretty fast. I mean, it's just an emotion. We embrace the good ones like happiness, inhalation, joy all the time. But for some reason, we run from the other ones, the ones that we don't like. And that just makes it worse, makes it last longer. Now, feeling those emotions as a couple and being able to experience and tolerate your emotions as a couple is also necessary because there's a lot of times when we are feeling a negative emotion. I'm using the word negative. I mean, I guess they're not really negative. It's just another emotion, but just using it to differentiate between the ones people generally like and don't like. So we're sitting there talking to our and, and we have a negative emotion, um, we have to be able to tolerate that emotion if we're going to sit down and talk to our spouse about it. And if we can't tolerate it, we're going to sit down and talk and we're going to explode. We're going to get mad. We're going to explode in anger. Or we're going to rear up in an anxiety and it's going to come out wrong. And when you talk to your spouse with uh, anxiety and emotion in your voice, no matter what the semantics are, no matter what the words you carefully craft, it's almost always taken the wrong way because all that emotion behind your voice is taken the wrong way. So you really got to like be able to tamper it down, not be anxious about those uncomfortable negative emotions. So when you talk to your spouse, they're not feeling the anxiety and the intenseness and then misinterpreting it. The other thing is sometimes you don't, you're not experiencing a negative emotion. Sometimes your spouse is, and they need to be able to talk to you, but they're not going to talk to you if you can't tolerate those emotions. You have to be able to tolerate them. You have to calmly experience um, a mistake or failure that your spouse may be bringing up to you. Uh, you have to calmly tolerate the feelings of disappointment that maybe your spouse has. And you have to tolerate it calmly because you can't be reacting with defensiveness, with anger, with anxiety, with rushing in your mind and thinking about all the other things that you did wrong as soon as they mentioned something that you did, which will come if you're anxious about it. All those other memories will rush in. But if you're calm about it, the memories, the other memories, the other past mistakes that will rush in your head won't come flooding in like a torrent. It might drift in and then it'll drift right back out as long as you're experiencing that in a calm manner. Okay, I'm going to do a commercial break now. Hold on. So I'm back from the commercial break. So the other thing we're going to talk about is how to tolerate your emotions with your kids. And that's a big thing. You really have to uh, take a step back and decide why you are responding to your kids. If you're responding to your kids because you are feeling embarrassed and that's creating like a lot of... Uh, anxiety for you, trepidation, then you're probably going to over-respond. And your 
um, motivation is going to be to change your kids so you're not embarrassed, which is a very selfish motivation. And you will be parenting them for yourself. And it will look very different if your motivation is for your kids. So let's say that your kids are acting out. You're very embarrassed that they're acting out. So you respond with this sense of uh, immediacy and uh, there's a lot of emotion behind your voice and there's just a big power of words and feelings versus your kids are acting out. You feel embarrassed. You tolerate those feelings of embarrassment, so you just feel them, but you don't have a visceral reaction to them. You're not anxious about them or angry about them. You just feel them. The embarrassment passes soon because you just experience it and you tolerate it and you're not reacting to it. And then you take a minute to think, okay, how will my kids best learn from this situation? And that's going to be very different because that parenting will be thought out. It'll be a bit more methodical and it can be tailored to each kid because every kid's going to experience it differently. So you're going to tailor that reaction. Um, Another way of thinking about it is if another emotion people often get, they get home, they're tired, um, they feel overwhelmed and their kids are making noises and not responding and not following through because they're kids. That's what they do. And if you're responding to that feeling of overwhelmed with lots of anxiety or anger, irritability, and you're just not tolerating it very well, then you're also likely to over-respond to your kids and react in a way that you're going to regret later and that they're going to regret. But not they probably are not going to change their behavior. Some might but some just learn to have a physiological reaction to the sound of your voice or a physiological reaction to the sound or to the feeling of your emotion, which is stupid because then when they grow up, they're likely to continue to have a poor physiological reaction to that emotion And they're going to have to take all the time to train their body to respond to it correctly, just like you are. If you aren't responding to that emotion correctly, you were trained somewhere, somehow, in some point in time, your body decided that that emotion was scary, meant something bad was going to happen, and it started responding to it in in a... very negative manner with panic and anger or freezing. And now you have to teach yourself to uh, relax in response to that emotion. So you don't want your kids to have that either. You don't want your kids to learn to respond to those emotions with panic and trepidation because then when they're older, they're going to respond to it differently. Then you're going to have generations of responding to it differently unless somebody breaks that habit. So you might as well break it. And it'll make it easier for everybody else. So coming home and you're feeling overwhelmed. And if you respond poorly to that feeling of overwhelmed, because that's how your body has learned to respond, 
and then your mind starts racing and you get that feeling of immediacy and you react. It's not going to go as well and you're not going to feel less overwhelmed. It's going to continue day after day, month after month, year after year. But if you take a minute, separate, you sit down, and you experience that feeling of overwhelmed, maybe you won't be getting stuff done right away. Maybe it'll take a minute because you have to take a step aside. But once you start experiencing it and tolerating it, then you can figure it out. You can be like, hmm, why am I feeling this overwhelmed? What's going on? How do I change things differently? How do I set things up so the kids are acting differently? And you're going to be thinking slow and methodical, and it's going to be nice. The same thing if the kids are making a mistake and you feel disappointed or worried for them. If you respond, if you tolerate that feeling, you can sit down and you can have a nice conversation with your kid and help them figure it out. If you're intolerant of that emotion, which is understandable, being scared for your kid can be very scary. But being intolerant of that emotion can result in a whirlwind of words and then your kid's not going to respond well to those words and they're likely to not suddenly turn around and make a positive choice. <laughs> They're likely to dig their heels in or become defensive or fight back and d- or just disregard you altogether. But sitting down and talking to them in a calm manner about their choice and thinking about it, taking time to pray about it, taking time to work it out in your mind, That'll give you the best way to approach them. They still might not change, but at least you will have given it the best shot. So that's it. It's important to learn to tolerate your emotions, and it takes a while to be able to do it. But once you can do it, lots of good things come from it. All right. I hope it's not stormy crazy when you're listening to this like it is here, unless you love the storms. Um. But have a, have a great day. Bye-bye.